session today. We're going to be just appreciating Jesus. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in that amazing time of just appreciating Jesus. Because that's what we want to do today. We just want to lift up Jesus. We want to be that leper who goes back and says, thank you, Lord. Yeah? So today, today we're going to be saying a lot of thank you to Jesus for what he's done for us as we anticipate the things that are coming. Uh, this year, and I, and I just asked, I was reflecting with my, uh, with my DG, my, uh, my, my, these people I love so much. I was reflecting with them, and we're just talking about what are the things God has done for us this year? What is the before and after? And some of the things that we were able to come up with, I don't know if there's, the chart is there. There's a chart I've given these guys in the media. Uh, yeah, so, so some of the, here are some of the things that, that we've seen. Uh, by the way, what I'm, what I'm talking about, the first talk I'm going to talk about is the, the, the blessing of sonship. The blessing of sonship. That's what I'm talking about. But just before I get into that, there's a before and an after in Mavuno Church. And the before, we, we had a corporate culture. Uh, we were very task and program oriented. Our focus was vision and goals, which is very qualita- quantitative. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's good to have focus on vision, to have focus on goals. But I feel like what God has led us into in this season is a family culture. A culture where there's sonship language, where it's about the orientation of focus on values and love, intentionality to build unity. And so the things we've celebrated this year, many times when we've talked about, in other years, many times we talked about, my goodness, I mean, I remember we had a whole conversation with the pastors just talking about what are we celebrating that has happened at Mavuno this year. And usually you'd have had, we've got this many numbers, we've got this many in our small groups, we've got this many in our churches. Like, it was very quantitative. But you know what? We talked about... Man, there's so much love in my church. I don't know what to do with it. It's like guys just love each other. God is just doing amazing miracles. This is what's happening. I mean, everybody was talking about things that had nothing to do with it. By the way, for a whole half hour we talked before somebody said, by the way, we've also grown. Like, it's been so amazing. The things that we've celebrated this year have really been about qualitative, love-focused, uh, family, culture things. And then we had a lot of silos. A lot of our campuses and ministries had their space, had their way of thinking. It was about them. They were doing their thing. Uh, there was no invitation to love the movement, to be part of a wider family. And, and it wasn't that they, were, they didn't want to. It's just that it wasn't the culture. It wasn't something that was expected. But afterwards, I just sense there's been a lot of connection and not competition. There's just been love for the people. I mean, I remember coming to, to Lifeway Gathering, and all, I mean, it was so fun. Yeah, it was so amazing. But actually, the people I want to celebrate, uh, Mashariki was there. Like, these guys were there at the gathering. It's like, it's like who does that? They'd, they'd already had their gathering. Okay, thank you. They'd already had their gathering. <laughs> I mean, they'd had their gathering the whole, I mean, they'd been there a whole Saturday. And then I'm going to Lifeway, a different network. And then a whole bunch of them who's already had everything are there just to celebrate and bless another network. And just a whole bus of them. An electric bus, by the way. <laughs> I'll never forget. <laughs> They came with an electric bus. This Mashariki guy is awesome. And it's, it's, it's part of a greater family. There's ownership, there's leaning in, there's interaction, there's an invitation to love the movement. That's been one of the things we've really celebrated. Another, change, another difference is that there's no direct way to regularly communicate movement culture. Everybody had their little space, but now we have lots of common spaces, including things like family night, uh, uh, the gatherings, uh, we've just had spaces where all of us are speaking the same language. You know, Genesis 11:6 6 says, if as one people speaking the same language, they start to do one thing, nothing will be impossible. You know, this thing of speaking one language, it's not a small thing. And the fact that we're all aligned, all speaking the same language. I remember just one of the things that has really amazed me is when we go to Burundi, 
it doesn't feel any different. Actually, it feels like we're here. It's like everybody's speaking the same language. You go to Kigali, it's like you're here. Everybody's speaking the same language. And I believe because of that, boom, bless the Lord effect. Anybody remember bless the Lord effect? The bless the Lord effect begins to happen. Our campuses are con were connected primarily through mission and vision. Campuses are now connected primarily through culture. Uh, let's go to the next slide. Uh, the pastor ran the staff with, with a staff team and a strategic team. We had a bit of a corporate culture. I'm, I'm really talking values here. Uh, now, the pastor runs a church with zonal pastors and network church planters. And so it's not about a staff team. It's about a family that is leading families, that are leading families, that are leading families. And there's a family culture in our churches that is beautiful to see. Uh, I remember just uh, yesterday, uh, no, when was it Thursday, we had a wedding with Pastor Carol. And we sat with people from the South Network because it was a South Network wedding. And it was so much fun. I mean, it's a family. You can just tell that people are in a family. There's a family space. And it wasn't just people from Avuno South or people from Rongai as well. But you just sense there's a connection. And people love each other. Pastor George, you look what you your wedding. Uh, and then higher reliance on paid staff. That was a big thing about the corporate culture. And that's where we came from, a mega church culture, which is, a, which is not a bad thing. But we've moved into a space where there's a higher re reliance on volunteers. God's people themselves doing ministry with a lean paid staff that is a support team. And even, as church even, even, even our church planters now, I would say a, a, a large group of our church planters, are actually business people, are actually corporate people working, and they do their ministry, and they're supported by the few that we have on paid staff. And there's just a shift that God is bringing, and that's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says that there's a group of people whose work is to build up the church, but it's a church that does the work of ministry. And so that's a shift, and I love that shift. I think we had it in our minds, but I think now we're seeing it in, in practice. It's actually happening. Uh, let's move to the next one. Uh, contractual engagement, you're responsible for your ministry. And it's, it, it almost is a servant perspective. It's like, this is my job. I do my job. And I feel like now the, the ethos is covenantial. We serve as a family. And it's about calling, it's about sonship. Uh, I remember when I went to Lifeway and Pastor... Sorry, sorry, I keep talking about Lifeway. I'll talk about Hill City soon, don't worry. <laughs> but I remember when I went there, and, and I remember that... Um, there was such a beautiful thing because I was preaching uh, in the service and then just before, I think it might have been just before I came, that Pastor Godwin sent a message to his leaders and said, Pastor M is here, we're all staying for lunch and we're not going away, we're all hanging out and just being there as long as he wants us to be there just to hear. And to my shock, like, what a shock. What a shock. <laughs> like, you guys, you find like all the DG leaders were there. It was like, and we stayed for long, eh? And it's just that, it's, it's not about, hey, me and my DG leader, I've done my job. <laughs> Tell me what you want me to do. It's like, hey, it's love. It's family. We're here to just connect and hear what God is saying. And it's just, it's a sweet thing when the church becomes a family. It's a sweet thing. Have you heard me saying that? I think I'll say it many times today. It's a sweet thing when you serve with a family. It's a very sweet thing, by the way. You enjoy life. When ministry becomes family, you enjoy life. You'll see together. Are you enjoying life? I'm a, I'll see what we're here, city. I'm seeing red guys behind, so I can see some guys of downtown. Are the, are, are the white guys here? Hill City guys, I'm there. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, thank you. I don't want to call somebody the wrong name, then they catch feelings. Uh, and I can see, so leadership was through, uh, it was an inspirational space, democratic space. Your faith is yours to define. The pastor has preached, go and think, go and think what you want to do with it. Go figure this out for yourself. And, it, and I think that's a very, I feel like it's a very Western um, a, a, a way of, 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 of faith. It's very individualistic. Um, 
Leadership is through instruction and expectation of obedience. You follow the pattern of your leader. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And so I, I'm learning, by the way, and it's been so much fun to do this. Uh, I remember, I think it was Pastor Angie who asked me the question. She said, how come the things that I'm seeing in your life, I'm not seeing them in Mavuno Church? And I remember saying, yeah, I've not been good at instructing. I've been good at suggesting. And so this, I began to, and thank you, Pastor Angie, for that. You really challenged me to do that, yeah? And I began to instruct. And so if you remember last year, I said, that says the Lord. Everyone gets out of debt. And by the way, I know it was, it's a new thing. So I'm sure there are some of you who are like, hey, Pastor M, we need to consult. <laughs> we need to, de to decide. We need to process. But I know there are many of you who say, that says the Lord. And because you did it, boom, the Lord did it. And it was, the what? Yeah, processing is for computers, <laughs> as we're human beings. So, so I believe that as you did it, God began to accelerate. And you know, there's something, there's a principle there. And, and we're going to talk a bit about that. But there's a principle there when we learn to follow instruction, when we, learn to, to, when, when we learn to take God's word as God's word and run with it. And so I've seen, we've seen that happening in Mavuno, and it's been a beautiful thing. Our prayer was mostly led from up front every fifth Sunday. Uh, we had a prayer time, and a worship night would have prayer. Now, it's daily prayer meeting every week. What? And you know, I come in there and I just see all these people. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. I come to the Hill City prayer meeting and there's like a hundred and something people. And, and, then and then Pastor James says, let's pray. And my goodness, I have to, I have to, I have to lower the volume, by the way. These, these are guys who, some of them never even knew how to pray, by the way, for two minutes. Now, you're, now you have to tell them, hey, keep quiet. It's time for the next one. It's time for confession, guys. <laughs> now, have you, seen the, have you noticed pastors nowadays, they do mute all? Because <laughs> guys are refusing to shut up. <laughs> I'm like, which Mavuno church is this? God is so amazing. And it's like, wow. It's like we're beginning to have a powerful prayer culture with an expectation that all of us will pray and all of us will engage. Uh, we had life groups, which are a place of fellowship and care led by a facilitator, which was a fantastic thing. And, and many of us were blessed because of our life groups. But I believe that God called us to move to the next level, which is discipleship group as spiritual families that together multiply, change the world, reach out, and impact people. And already we are beginning to see that happening in our different discipleship groups. Today we might, we might even commission one or two that are planting churches. Come on, somebody. I mean, that's so much fun. I mean, that is so incredible. And the discipleship group leader is not a facilitator. They are a spiritual parent. I love that that they're parenting and discipling people and helping them become like Jesus. Uh, spouses were not necessarily to expected to share a common calling. Now, I don't know if you guys have felt this, but we're feeling it uh, as your leaders because for us, there's a deliberate effort to invite spouses to serve together as families on mission. And not just spouses, but children as well. Uh, I love that. I love seeing Pastor Sean. You know, today I, I saw Pastor Sean, uh, who is Pastor Kilonzi and Faith's uh, son. And he always comes up to me when I come in. He's one of my pastors. And I tell him, hi, Pastor Sean. He's like, hi, Pastor M. Come on, somebody. I mean, how, how old is Sean? Eight years old. I can die and go to heaven. It's like, you have an eight-year-old pastor. And by the way, it's not a title. He has a church. Okay, guys, don't believe me. Sits true, he has a church. He, he reaches the neighborhood kids, and he invites them. And he, does he still do Superbook with them? He's, he's changing the name now to something else. He has a name for his church. He even has a name for his church. And I remember one, where is Pastor? Is he here? I'm giving his stories. But anyway, yeah, it's okay. Let me just give his story. Uh, he, he, uh, his dad was tired and wasn't able to, because his dad would be the one who was playing the TV for him and all that. 
So he's like, Dad, it's time for church. And Dad is like, let's do this later. I'm tired. Sean is like, can I do it myself? Dad is like, yeah, just go. Just go. He's not believing the girl will do it. The guy goes, calls the kids, bring them home, plays the video for them. And then later when he's telling his dad, he says, and then at the place we usually pray, I prayed for them. <laughs> Eight years old. There's something happening. Is that Jesus? Let's appreciate Pastor Sean, guys. That's, that's so, so amazing. And I believe that that is a destiny for all of us and our children. Amen. Your children will reach their neighbors. Some of you are looking, thinking about your kids, you're not even saying amen. It's like, whoa, Jesus. <laughs> your children will be a blessing to their generation. Yeah, that's a God we serve. Even if you don't have a child, say amen. Yeah, you will have them in Jesus' name. We had a lower expectation of personal multiplication, but now we have a higher expectation that every single person is a minister. Every single person will bring people to Jesus. That's our expectation, and we're beginning to see the fruit of that. Um, and then teaching was mostly from the pulpit. Now there's a lot more teaching spaces, family nights, gatherings, and other spaces like that, prayer time. Uh, only focused on particular demographic, we had homogeneous growth, which was, we, 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 we were reaching a certain group, and that's okay. And I think it's, it's important for a church to know who it's good at reaching. I feel like what has happened is now we're targeting movements. We're not just a movement, we're becoming movements. And right now we have uh, different demographics. We have our Swahili church, uh, which is a whole, now we are, I think we have three, are they three? three different campuses, yes. and they're all, uh, they all speak purely Swahili, and I believe we'll soon be entering into Luganda churches, and, and uh, yeah, and Kirundi churches. I believe that the Lord is going to give us grace to start movements that are different from us, and that are reaching people, but using the same ethos, the same values, and the same uh, thing that God has given us. And that's one of the things. I think we have children as well. Uh, there's children's movements. I think in Mashariki right now, we have a couple of children's churches. Pastor Milton, about how many people in children's churches? Right now, there's about 3,000 children being reached by, through the Mashariki network. Uh, churches, not with adults, just churches for children. Okay, I know some of you are like, huh? We didn't even know this. God is doing some powerful, powerful things. And it's not just happening at Mashariki, but it's beginning to happen in other churches as well. I know Lifeway has a whole school. How many, how many people are in our, in our, in our church in Marion? Yeah, about 500 children in Marion, and it's not just children, we have discipleship group leaders, so we have DG leaders in Marion who disciple the other children, and it's a full church, uh, and we have Elizabeth, St. Elizabeth High School as well, and so right now, it's like we're starting movements among young people as well, uh, it's not just among adults, and God is doing something really powerful in this season. Uh, discipleship was mostly programmatic. Have you done Mizizi? <laughs> Anybody was ever asked that question? Uh, have you ever done Mizizi? And that's not a bad thing, by the way. Programs are good, but programs are tools. I think that's a switch that is happening for us. We still use the programs, but we know that the program is not the discipler. I'm the discipler. I'm just using the program to help you learn to follow me as I follow Jesus. And, and uh, nowadays, the expectation is for everyone to have a discipler and ultimately disciple others. And the discipleship experiences are an on-ramp to discipleship relationships. Uh, this is what it's about. It's like every single person in Mavuno must say, who's my discipler? Who's the person who's my spiritual leader, my spiritual father, who's discipling me? And then they're able to say, and here are my spiritual children. Here are the people that I am discipling. That's a huge, huge shift that has happened in that short time. Uh, so some of the results that have happened, there's been a great... Anybody sense that there's a greater love for God in Mavuno? Yeah? And, and for the church of Jesus, I mean, that's been an incredible thing. Uh, miracles everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
What? You guy, the miracles in this church, they are so crazy. I mean, we sometimes, we, we, we talk about grenade miracles. Like, Pastor Milton is good at those ones. It's, you know, when you're sharing testimonies in, the, in our DG, somebody throws out a testimony of just, they say it very humbly. By the way, this happened this weekend. You know those ones that you, it's a mic drop. And then he moves on and you're like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> We've had many of those, what did you just say moments? Because God has done such powerful uh, things in Mavuno in this year. And I'm sure you know some of them in your own prayer times. Uh, but there's been just an incredible upsurge of miracles among us. Uh, people are praying sporadically and individually. Today, I mean, there are over 500. 500 was my estimate from the last week. But I think it is even more than that. And 500 gadgets, which many of those gadgets have more than, one, than two people in them. I mean, mine has five. And so it's like there's, there's families that are praying together every morning. Uh, so the, the energy of prayer, no wonder we're seeing miracles. Everywhere. Like every day there are that many people praying, God has to do something. And I believe that something is happening as we pray. Our congregation, as you heard, was 1,500. Uh, last year in September was 1,500. I say September because we had just come out of COVID. We had really been decimated. I think we used to be about 5,000, went down to 1,500. We were trying to rebuild, trying to get people to come back into church. That was quite hard. Uh, this congregation of 10,000, by the way, does not include our online congregation. Uh, and so this is, this is just the people that actually meet physically as of last week. I think somebody can give glory to Jesus for that. God is amazing. Like, like some of you have been in Mavuno for many years, Maurice Boulevard. Like even the days when we were at Bellevue, we never saw growth like this. Like this is crazy. And you remember the kind of work we were putting into Bellevue to see that growth. Huh? This has been a year of ease. Like God has just blessed us as we've just sought to serve him. Somebody said, disciple people, Jesus will build his church. Amen? Amen? We make disciples, Jesus builds a church. When you try to build a church, it's, you, you get the order wrong. And I feel like this year what we did as we get the order right, as we make disciples, Jesus is building his church. I believe this is the smallest we'll ever be. <laughs> 20, we're going to look down, we're going to look at 10,000 and say, what? We were that small one day, we can't even remember. Just the same way some of you looked shocked when I said 1,500, you're like, ah, when? Who? Where? Like we never knew such numbers. Yes, you did. You've just forgotten. God is amazing. And that's why today we have to celebrate so we don't forget how far the Lord has brought us. The Lord has really brought us far. So I want to talk a bit about this culture of sonship because I really believe it's one of the keys that God is using to change us, to help us be, be, uh, become this. One of the things that when we started talking about the culture of sonship, the culture of following, uh, there were so many fears and so many people came up with questions and concerns. Some of them were just genuine concerns. What's going on? Uh, how is this? Our church is changing. This is not the Mavuno I knew. And I remember we had so many, uh, I had so many conversations with different leaders just saying, Pastor, I'm okay, we trust you, but, but what is this? This is changing too fast. What's happening? I had questions like, are we becoming a mommy-daddy church? Did any of you ever hear that question? Or think, like, are we becoming those churches that I ran away from? Like, I don't want to become a mommy-daddy church. And I remember just talking to people and saying, listen, uh, there, there have been abuses in leadership. We have to acknowledge that. There have been things that have gone wrong in churches. But the, the answer to bad leadership is not no leadership. It's good leadership. The answer to no fatherhood or bad fatherhood is not no fatherhood. It's good fatherhood and motherhood. And I, began to, I really was like, guys, we can't run away. We can't throw out the baby with the bathwater because other people have messed it up. We need to trust Jesus to allow us to become the church that he's called us to be. People ask questions like, are we centralizing power? 
you know, is Pastor M becoming this God? Are we trying to put him in, in the place of Jesus? Is that what we're doing? And I said, never. <laughs> Guys, all glory to Jesus in this church. May it never be Pastor M's church. Uh, may nobody ever think about this church. as it's not, it's not my church. I give glory to Jesus. Even this morning, I give all the glory to Jesus for everything we're discussing right now. It's about Him and about Him alone. And one of the things I told people when they said, are we centralizing power? Are we beginning to get to a place where we have this king of a pastor who sits on a throne and everybody comes and, 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 and kisses their shoes? <laughs> I think it's because people have seen people doing that and they've been scarred by those things. I said, no, 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 no. Actually, I think this model decentralizes power a lot more than before. Because I believe what is happening is it's not about Pastor M and Pastor Carol becoming mommy and daddy. It's about everybody in this church becoming a mommy and a daddy. Everybody in this church becoming a disciple to others. Come on, come on. And so I believe that what has happened is we're actually decentralizing spiritual authority. Because we're saying you're the pastor of the people you're discipling. And as you begin to disciple them, you will shape them as you follow as well. And so it's not about everybody coming to listen to Pastor M. It's like as you listen to me... <laughs> It's passed on, and you, you take what is passed on to you, and you pass it on to others. And I say to them, please, remove that fear, because it's not, going, it's not about centralizing power. This is about giving away authority. God has said we're a priesthood of believers. We're a royal priesthood, and that's what we desire to see happening in Mavuno Church. Somebody asked, what was wrong with how we were doing church? Did you ever hear that one? Yes. Like, I liked my LG. It helped my life. I got saved in Mavuno. Are you saying what we did was wrong? By the way, you guys are looking like you never had any questions. Like, 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 who are those people asking such questions? But people ask the questions. Yeah, why, why are we breaking what's not broken, you know? And, and I said, look, it worked well, and it brought us this far. What, what we did over the last 17 years, it has brought us this far. And we give glory to God for it. It's not a bad thing that he did this. However, for us to achieve our vision, to become that global church, with churches in every capital city and the gateway cities of the world, we had to change something. The model we had was great to get us to where it got us, but it couldn't take us where we needed to go. And so it's like Jesus was saying, the vision stays the same, the mission stays the same, but I'm going to teach you a way to help you get there. And I believe that this is what God is doing now. He's helping us begin to prepare for where we need to go. I think we're going to look back at the last, uh, the foundation he built. We'll always be grateful for it. But as Pastor Milton said, it's the smallest we'll ever be. Uh, because God is now giving us the models to become everything that he wants us to be. Somebody said, is this even biblical? Somebody even asked me, by the way, you've been getting this. Is this even biblical? And I remember just saying, you know what? I'm, I'm seeing it in the scripture. But here, this year, we've been going through the New Testament with um, my discipleship group. And every day, we have daily readings that we read and then we post. And next year, all of us are going to go through the New Testament together. We're going, to, we're going to walk through this journey, all of us. By the way, by the time the year ends, we'll all, have read, we'll all be able to say, I've read through the whole New Testament uh, with my discipleship group and with the church. Uh, but you know, as we read it, I've been shocked at how, what we're doing. It's like I never, it's like I'm reading the scripture with new eyes. Like there's so much in the scriptures about, you're looking at it and saying, this is what it's about. Like how come I never saw these things? And I believe that as you read it next year, you're going to start to see things that are going to jump out to you. Uh, some of those letters, I mean, Paul talking to his sons and daughters, it's so mushy. Is that an English word? Like, like my feelings. It's like I never saw those my feelings before. And you know, I feel mushy when I come to a Mavuno church nowadays. I just feel mushy. Let's get to my love, my lombotov. I just feel, I feel like I just love, uh, 
like I, but it's true. Like, I don't want to joke about this. I actually feel love when I come into Omavuno Church. Like, I see people loving each other, and I just feel such a sense of affection. And Pastor Carol will say the same thing. And it's so amazing. Like, we went, I remember in Rwanda, we were, we were, we had, we were invited this last weekend. It was actually not a Mavuno church that invited us. It's, a, it's a, one of the big churches in the city. And we were speaking, I mean, like you guys, it was so intense. I think sometimes when people invite us, they try and just squeeze out. You know, we are, since we're bringing you to the town, we'll get everything. So they had given us session after session. Huh? And I remember on, Friday, on Saturday, we did a gathering like this. Like, it was a full day. And at the end of the day, I remember our Mavuno guys had said, at the end of the day, we'll take you out for dinner. And so when, when they came almost apologetically, those ones of guys, we can tell this has been an, in, we had had an intense day of ministry, prayed for people to be filled with the spirit. God had showed up in powerful ways, exhausting. So they came up and they were like, guys, maybe you can just, we can either excuse you or if you, 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 you want to go and rest and then tell us when we can meet, we can come later. You can almost tell those ones of, we don't want to get in your way, we can tell you're tired. I'll never forget, Pastor Carol looked at them like, go where? We're going for dinner. And to those ones of, but you're our children. But how can we come all this way and not be with our family? Wow. And we stayed, I mean, we stayed until we were done. There was no sense of we have to run because tomorrow we have more ministry. It was just like, this is home. These are our people. There's just a sense of love in the church. And I think only, only, only Jesus can help us love his people like that. Amen. Only Jesus can give us that kind of love one for another. And I believe I saw this in Paul as I read the scripture, the love he has for those people. I saw it when he talks about them in Philippians, in 2 Thessalonians, in, 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 in all these books, you just sense this love, incre incredible love. And I kept asking, how come I never saw this before? Like nowadays, when I pray for myself when I'm coming to preach in a campus, I usually pray, Lord, give me love for your people. Wow. Like I used to say, give me a word, give me a revelation, give me something that will... Nowadays, I'm just like, give me love. Because I know if I have love, Lord, you're going to change everything. Like, like God says, when, when there's love... Everything happens. It's like without love, nothing happens, you know. And I've, I've just come to love, to, to notice when I love people, when I start to see people not as a congregation, but as people I love, individuals I know, Jackie, huh? people whose stories I know and I love, something changes. And I believe that's what's happening in all our churches. So, so, so these things, we went ahead despite the fears. And after a year of practicing, I know that God has done powerful things. So I want to just uh, talk about some of the blessings of sonship. When you begin to be a son in the church and a daughter of, of, of the house, you know, you belong to this house. You're, you're not just a, you're a, you're a family member. Uh, this is a place where you belong. It's not just a place where you attend. Something begins to shift. These are the, the blessings of sonship, uh, the blessings of the family culture. Number one, sonship distinguishes us from the world. Sonship distinguishes us from the world. Let me just tell you guys, this is something that's going to make us unique. It makes us distinct. John 13, 35 says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. He doesn't say, By this all men will know if you pray loudly. Does he say that? He doesn't say, By this all men will know if you, if you all speak in tongues and you all fall on the ground. <laughs> he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, People will know you are my disciples if you feed all the poor. By the way, it's a good thing to feed the poor. But he doesn't say that's what's going to distinguish you from the world. He says the one thing that will distinguish you is your love for one another. You know what happens? The minute you start loving each other, your place becomes attractive. People come into your church and they're like, they might not even like the music, but they're like, there's something here I want to be part of. There's just a family in this space. 
And people give their lives to Jesus because they feel the love that the church has for one another. That's the beauty of this blessing, this, this, this thing of sonship. It distinguishes us. The world teaches us independence and self-reliance. I don't need anyone else. But God's word does not teach us that. God's family, we love one another. So sonship distinguishes us from the world. Think about your compass right now. Are you sensing that? Are you sensing that there's something attractive? When people come in from the outside, there's a distinction because they feel the love. Sonship helps people learn to love and to serve God. It helps people to learn to, 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 learn to love and to serve God. Now, let me say this. There's just something powerful when you come and find people loving each other. There's something powerful that hap happens when people come and see you loving each other. First uh, John 4 verse, 10, verse 20 says, Whoever does not love their brother and sister who they have not seen cannot love God whom they have not, who they see, who, who they've seen cannot love God who they've not seen. In other words, it's possible for you to just have a Jesus and me spirituality. Of, you know what, I just came. Have you ever had like, I don't care what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. It's like, that's not biblical. Because how can I not care what you came to do? You're my brother. Worship is not just vertical, it's horizontal as well. It's as we worship together that God is glorified and lifted up. And so there's something powerful in this sonship when we all belong and we love one another. What happens is we start learning how to love God. We start learning how to love God. And you know, it's interesting because uh, there's something childlike about that. There's just something when you start to see somebody who, you know, when, when you start to enter a church and you start to see people loving each other, you know what happens? As we love each other, as, as, as Mashariki Church, as you love Pastor Vivian and Pastor, Pastor Milton, what is happening is you're learning to love God who you've not seen. There's just something that's happening there. Uh, God is teaching us how to love. Because love can be a very abstract thing. How many know that? By the way, if you're married, you know it. <laughs> single people don't know. <laughs> they don't know. And I'll tell you, it's true. When you're single, you're pure, your love is pure. 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 It has no bad motives. In fact, you don't suspect yourself of any wrongdoing. <laughs> I'm saying that as a former single person. <laughs> You believe that anybody who gets married to you will have the best ride of their life. It's like, man, me, I'm just loving. I'm just, I'm just, eh? When I commit to somebody, I just commit. Yeah, they'll see. By the way, me, I'll just love somebody they'll never know. Are you seeing all the married people look at you like, hey? <laughs> what a shock. The day you wake up and look at this one and think, and who is this one? Eh? <laughs> hey. My God. And God puts you with that person to understand this is what love is. Love is not feelings. Love is waking up and cooking for that person who made, made you mad the night before. Yeah. Without feeling anything, you're still cooking for them and serving them. I'm muted. <laughs> uh, please, please unmute somebody. <laughs> yeah. That's what love is. Love is not how all the songs you sang for the person and the flowers you gave. That's... That, Words are cheap. Yeah, words are cheap. When you come here and just say, I love you, Jesus, I love you forever. What is that? Those are words, and I'm not saying anything wrong. About, there's nothing wrong with your voice and your singing. And by the way, keep, keep singing to Jesus that you love him. But let me tell you, true love for Jesus is shown in the way you love each other. Yeah. And God will put you in spiritual family that you learn to love the other person so that you learn to love him. Because many times love is inconvenient. Yeah, love is inconvenient. Yeah. Boy, I was going to say something, then I thought. Oh, say it! Say it! Say it! 
some people might mute me. <laughs> yeah. So, so love is when Pastor Kilonzi says, unmute your mics. Turn on your videos. <laughs> and you're like, hi. Unmute for who? Unmute for who? See, I'm awake. What's his problem? Yeah. It's true. Ah, Jesus can see me. I don't care about you. <laughs> I'm not here to seek Pastor Kilonzi's face. I'm seeking God's face. Yeah, but let me tell you something. The same way you respond is the way you respond to God. You who refuses to unmute, you who refuses to turn on your video, that's exactly how your life is spiritually. I told you I shouldn't go there. But you know what? It's actually a symptom. It's actually a symptom. If I cannot obey my pastor in something as simple as this, Will I obey God when he tells me to give something that is difficult? Wow. I won't. I will process and I will decide, but I'm here. I'm in church. What's your problem? Wow. Yeah? Sorry. Presence is not obedience. Yeah, presence is not obedience. <laughs> so, sonship helps people to learn to love and serve God. Are you getting me now what I'm saying? Yes. Are we together? So, so, there's a thing that sonship teaches you. When you're a son, you're like, okay, I do it. I may not feel like doing it, but I do it. Because this is, and you know what? It's teaching me that when God asks me to do it, I will do it. Wow. There's just something powerful that happens when I do this. Um, Mark 10, 15 says, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. There's just something childlike about being a part of a family. And many of us are too sophisticated, or we were. <laughs> I'm talking about past tense. Now you're not like that. We used to be too sophisticated. But God is teaching us to be simple like children. Receive the instruction and follow it. That's family. That's what family and sonship teaches us. Sonship accelerates growth and healing. Sonship accelerates growth and healing. Isaiah 54 verse 3. It's a powerful verse. It's, I, I claim this verse for myself, and I hope you claim it for, your, for yourself. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. You know, there's something about family. It creates acceptance. When there's family, there's acceptance. People begin to accept each other. And acceptance leads to belonging. And belonging leads to vulnerability. And vulnerability leads to openness to God, which brings miracles and healings. It's, can, I, can I say that again? Because I, I talked about a sequence there. That family creates acceptance. Acceptance leads to belonging. Belonging leads to vulnerability. Vulnerability leads to openness to God. And when you open to God, God is able to move and bring healing. This is why you've been experiencing healing and miracles. Everywhere. I go again. All right, let's do it one more time. Family creates acceptance. When you're a family, you feel accepted. Nobody's judging you because this is my family. When there's acceptance, it leads to belonging. Now I feel like this is my space. How many people know that that, that place you're in, that DG, that campus, that's my space? I belong here. There's belonging. And guess what happens? When there's belonging, it leads to vulnerability. You can be real. You can actually share. Vulnerability leads to openness to God. Because when you're vulnerable, God can actually work. When you're not vulnerable, you're holding on to yourself. God can't move in you. And when you're open and vulnerable to God, then guess what happens? God brings healing. We're sitting with um, the Mavuno Kigali team at that dinner. And it was so amazing. I mean, we're, 
we're from another country. You know, I mean, we're, yes, we're their spiritual parents, but we don't hang out with them every day. But you know what happened? My wife can testify to this. We sat just for a few minutes, and then I asked a question, and boom, like we went deep. Paka was like, we're drowning. Like, guys were so real. Like, everyone just sharing openly. Like, yeah, this is what happened to my life. This is how this group has been helpful. They've helped me in this way. And I'm like, guys are sharing real stuff. And they're not pretending. There's nobody there pulling fronts for each other. They're just being vulnerable. And I'm like, this is how God starts to work in a church. This is how, this is how revival starts in a church. When you find people are not holding back, they're not trying to be cool. They're just like, this is all me and my mess and all. And I come before God and this family has loved me anyway. Boom. God's power starts to work. And that's why I'm saying sonship, it actually leads to miracles. And the reason that you're experiencing miracles in Mavuno right now is because of sonship. It's because you're following. It's because we're in the family space together. You're not just coming to a church service to attend and go home. But there's a way that you belong. There's a way that you become vulnerable before God. There's a way you've shared with people who are strangers before the things that you want prayer for. And as they join with you in prayer and say amen, boom. God begins to do things that you've prayed for years and never seen the answer to. So sonship accelerates growth and healing. Sonship creates family rhythms. Uh, family rhythms. By the way, every family should have family rhythms. Every parent should have family rhythms. You need to be able to say to, as, a, as a family, when is our family time? Uh, when is our family night? Or when is our family breakfast? Every week. Because you need to have a rhythm of when we all sit around a table and we all hang out and do something together. There are many other things we all do. We're all in school. We're all at work. We're all doing homework. But when is that time when we all come and we have our time? That's what families do. They create rhythms. Now, it's interesting because rhythms are the best context for discipleship. Discipleship with your children won't happen just in the Bible study. They'll happen as you create the rhythm. So with my children, every night we come home, we sit down, and because we're also reading the, through the New Testament, we all go through the app and say, what did you write? And everybody shares. Actually, we start by saying, what are your highlights? And everybody shares what the highlight of their day was. That allows us to connect. And then we all say, okay, what did you write? And we all listen to what God is saying to us through that. And then we pray for each other. That's just a, a daily rhythm. And then a weekly rhythm, we have our family night. We often have a nice meal together, and either we'll watch a movie or we'll play a game or we'll do something. Those are family rhythms. And in family rhythms, discipleship happens. That's actually when you see you're, you're able to talk with your kids. It's not when you sit with them and you're saying, okay, now you're in trouble. Let's, have a, let's talk. Uh, that, by that time already, things are thick. Uh, it's when things are good and you're having the rhythms that you're actually able to share what should be done in the home. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 67 says, These commands I give to you today, I've given to you today, Deuteronomy 6, 6. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. You see, discipleship is not a class. It's sharing life. It's, it's teaching as we walk together, as we do life together. And that's what sonship does. When you're a son, you enter into rhythms. You see, when you're a church member, you used to come on Sunday, and you sit there, and you listen, and you go home. That was it. But now, you're walking with your, with, with your, you're coming for family night, and that's a rhythm. And we're having a family conversation. About the sermon, yes, many times, but there's a rhythm. There's a conversation. There's a family conversation. And it's not just about teaching. It's like, hey, how did you guys hear this? What's happening? And I believe it's changing our faith, isn't it? There's something. It's helping us understand God's word in a deeper way. Then you take that word and you go into your family space, your discipleship space, and you tease that word out more. And people begin to apply and practice that word. And there are rhythms that God is creating for us as a congregation. This, this gathering is a rhythm. 
It's a space where we come as a family to hear God's word for our family. It's like a family get-together. And those are family rhythms, and that's what family does. Uh, when you don't have family, it's very hard to do this. And that's why we couldn't grow. There, was, there were limits to where we could go. As, as much as we're a phenomenal church, there were some limits, some things we couldn't do unless we had a family culture. This is what sonship does. Sonship also fosters generosity. It fosters generosity. You know, when people are part of a family, they care for each other. They're actually concerned about one another. You actually don't just see people. You see people you love. You see relatives. You see your family members. And you're moved to do something about their situation. You know, it's been interesting when I come to South and you guys are having a prayer time and somebody shares a request. And you can tell this is not the first time they've shared it. Like, it's like people know. In fact, sometimes the person is not there. Like this last week, I, I remember the person, I, I think it was a wedding. And purity wasn't even in the, some, she was actually there, but people didn't even know she was there. But already the prayer was already shared, like, hey, we need to pray for this person, she's getting married. It's like, it's, we, we carry the burden. We carry one another's burdens. And when we start carrying one another's burdens, generosity just increases. We bless each other. Um, you know, it's interesting because in Acts chapter 2, verse 44, it says, all the believers were together, had everything in common. And then verse 45 says, there's sole property and possessions to give everyone who had, who had need. Let me tell you, you can't do that unless you're a family. It's very hard to just say, we're, we're just a bunch of strangers, or oh, someone's in need, let me just bless them. No, 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 no. It's as we begin to break for one another, that we begin to say, my goodness, this person's having a wedding, what are we doing? There's a funeral going on, how come we're not? You know, it's like it drives us to become engaged. And this is what sonship is doing for us as a community. Uh, the power of sonship. The power of sonship. Sonship spreads responsibility. Uh, that one I won't even talk about a lot, but it's been a lot of fun uh, doing ministry. Uh, I feel like the pastoral load of this church has just been spread out dramatically. Uh, the, the discipleship group leaders now are parents of their own. This is how families run. When you have a family, you have a father and a mother, and then they have children, and then those children have children, and they get married or start their own homes. Uh, whether they get married or not, they start their own homes, and they uh, have their own lives. But then what happens is they come together, and they celebrate being a family. Uh, when, you, when you don't do that, what happens is, imagine you're a, you're a parent, and your 50-year-old children are all in the house. Everyone is still in their bedroom. Some of them even brought a wife. Uh, you. <laughs> we, we had a story like that with my wife. There's a, there's a pastor who was telling us about a, a parent who came to him desperate. He's like, please, my son is 40. He's married. He's refused to leave his room. <laughs> and the father, the, the pastor was like, but that's mad. Why would he refuse? Tell him to leave. The guy said, what, why is he saying he can stay there? And the guy said, he says our house is big. It's bigger than anything he can afford. And anyway, if we're in a hotel, he'd be in the next room. So what's the problem? Is that messed up? It's completely messed up. And so the pastor was being called, please come and counsel my son to move out with his wife. But you see, this is the natural state of things. The way God created life is that there'll be multiplication in the family. And that, you know what, you can't be in the same uh, small group forever. You can't be in the same small group for 10 years. It's like children refusing to leave the house. It's like you're in your own room. Everybody's in the same bedroom they were in 10 years ago. There's something wrong about that. You should be now leading your own family. You should be in a place where you're multiplying. And I think what happens when you don't have a family culture, you lock up the gifts of God's people. 
and people become stifled. But when there's a family sense, it's like, you know what? Each of us are going to start their own discipleship group. As you're in a DG, you're coming in and we all know you're going to start this, your own discipleship group. And guess what's going to happen? Responsibility will spread. And what happens is Pastor Angie doesn't have to lead all the discipleship groups of the church because guess what? You're going to start yours. And then what happens is your discipleship group leader knows, I've got eight people in my DG, but every one of them is going to have their own family. That's what a, past, a, a, a parent celebrates. Uh, you start celebrating when your kids have their own kids, when, when their kids have their own marriages that are going well. That's what you celebrate. And so this is, this is beautiful because it spreads the responsibility. And God wants the church to have, he doesn't want the pastors to do everything. He doesn't want a small group of five discipleship group leaders or 10 LG leaders to be the ones leading. He wants every single person to know that they have responsibility in the house of God. All right, I've got a few more. Sonship builds a sense of loyalty to each other and to the mission. There's a loyalty that sonship uh, brings. Uh, and, this, and I'll tell you why loyalty is so important. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says, They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Sonship builds a sense of, of loyalty to one another and then to the mission. So guess what happens to these people? Because of their love for one another, because of their sense of belonging, because of their following the apostles, because that's what, that's what precedes that part, where they're committed, they're devoted to the apostles' teaching. They become one, they're spending time together. Guess what happens? Uh, first, their culture becomes sticky. People want to be there. Nobody wants to leave. They want to hang out. So they're breaking bread in each other's homes. They're not waiting for church on Sunday. It's like they're together. They're hanging out. There's a joy in being one another. And guess what happens? When people start celebrating being together, that's the most attractive thing for the gospel. The most attractive thing for the gospel is not a pastor who preaches good sermons. You know, you might think that our church will grow if our pastor becomes a really phenomenal preacher. And you know what? The church might grow, the congregation might grow, the, the attendance of the church might grow, but the discipleship of the church will not grow because of a spiritual, of a preaching gift. Wow. So if you go to a church that has a phenomenal preacher who preaches and every time you feel blessed and blessed so much, you go home without blessing, that church might grow you as an attender, but it might not grow you as a disciple. What will really grow you as a disciple is that sticky culture where people love each other so much that when somebody comes to the church, they feel a sense of formal. Like, why are these guys loving each other so much? Like, what is it that these guys in South have that us guys don't have? It's, it's like, wow, I want to be part of this. And there's something sticky. I've seen this, by the way, in almost every Mavuno campus. I've had stories of somebody who came and there was so much connection and love, they're like, I want what these guys have. And that's what happens. You start to create a sticky culture, but also you create a viral culture because people begin to go out and to share what's happening. I've seen, like, it's so interesting, um, I believe one of our pastors was sharing how somebody, they, they, they sort of called out somebody who, who had a video off. Not called out in the meeting, but just texted and said, hey, it's good to see you. I've been seeing you here many times. I uh, hope you're well. And gave the number, call me. And the person calls. No, it takes a long time to call. <laughs> but finally calls and says, please don't kick me out of the meeting. And the pastor's like, why would I kick you out? I don't come to your church. I, was, I just heard about this prayer meeting. It's growing my faith. Please don't kick me out. And the pastor's like, why would I kick you out? This is home. Just come for prayer. Like, there is a, like their friend went and told them, if you need miracles, come here. And the person is coming. They're not even a Mavunite, but there's a viral thing. People are spreading it because there are miracles everywhere in the prayer meeting. Yeah. 
And it's like, I want people to experience what I'm experiencing. You don't even have to tell them, invite their friends. They, they're doing it because they're feeling it. They're experiencing it. That's what sonship does. That's what family does. And guys, I want to commend to you sonship. Sonship is the best way to do, to do faith. Sonship creates a radical leadership core. Let me just say, that's, that's my number eight. By the way, nowadays I preach many points, huh? <laughs> a radical leadership core. Now, let me just say this. There's something radical about leadership. So we went to Kigali, and we're, we're invited in this big church. And the Mavuno guys were like, our pastors cannot be in town, and we're not there. There's, they're a small church still. So they, they all agreed. We're closing church on Sunday, and we're all going to that church. And that church has three services. And they're like, and we're going to be there for all three services. <laughs> and they had their kids there in some of the services. You're like, these guys are radical. It's like they're crazy. And it's all because they love their pastors. They're like, our pastors can't be in town and we're not there. And you know what happened is they sat front and center. I think this Pastor Kilonzi came up. Pastor Kilonzi came up with that doctrine of if you're a leader in this church, you don't go and sit in the back. You sit front and center. So they're all sitting front and center. And then when I'm, in, I'm introduced with Pastor Caro, we go up on stage because we're teaching together. They all stand up and they give a loud, yay! Like that church, they don't do things like those. It's like that's not what they do. You guys, let me just tell you, it was shocking. The whole church stood up. Like, hey, hey, hey. These pastors must be serious. <laughs> We've never seen this in our church, my goodness. And you know what? Their faith went up and God did miracles. But it's because of that radical core, that radical leadership core. We didn't have to ask them to be there. They're the ones who decided to be there. There's just something passionate and powerful and unbeatable when there's a spirit of sonship in the house. Like you do things, like it was a big church. I'm telling you, it's a huge church with our little core, but that core changed the church. Afterwards, people are coming to ask me, hey, these people really like you, eh? That's one of the, the comments that we got with Pastor Carol. These people really like you. The other one they said is, there's something interesting, there's something going on in Mavuno Church. What is it? Because we can tell from your people there's something going on. Wow. Like what? Like you can just tell, yeah, those guys, the way they're doing their things is very different from other churches. Like, it's already, there's something powerful. There's a radical core there, a radical leadership core. And it's already causing a buzz in the city. Wow. Just a small group of people, but their passion because of sonship. Wow. You don't need a whole army to change the world, by the way. You just need a small committed core of people who are passionate. Pastor Godi has a core like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He does. He does. He does. Those guys are radical. I mean, when you come there, you're like, something's going on in this church. There's something going on. I don't know what it is, but it's going on. Uh, Pastor Milton, you have a call. I can tell. It's just a call. These Mashariki people, there's something going on in that church. Eh? And, then, and, and you know what? It's, 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 there's a sense of, because of the radical leadership call that are leaning in, they're making everybody else lean in. Even those who are on the surface are like, okay, okay, tell me what's going on, because I can see there's a difference. That's what sonship does, guys. And it's a powerful thing. Now, it's very interesting because as I'm talking about this, you know, some of you maybe you're still processing. What, what does it mean to be a spiritual son? What does it mean to be a spiritual daughter to somebody? Because all you've ever had is the negativity behind it. Uh, and we've talked about the reason I'm, I'm actually assuming a lot of things in the gathering because I'm not teaching about how Paul called Timothy his son, how he called the, ch the church in Corinth his children, dear children. Uh, for whom I labor in the Lord. And how many times in Scripture Jesus calls his disciples, my little children, uh, that there's a whole discipleship language that has sonship 
and, and, and fatherhood and motherhood. Uh, that, that is the metaphor that God wants for his church. It's not a corporate culture where there's a CEO and then there's a board of directors and then there's a, a, a shareholders, congregation members who are shareholders. Uh, there's a church we went to that was exactly like that. And it, it's, it's, it was saddening for me to see because we, it's painful. It's painful. I mean, I remember the pastors just looking longingly at us and saying, we want what you have. Because for them, any little decision they make has to pass through the board. They want to change the color of the carpet. The board can say, actually, the board, that can be the board meeting. Like people are dying, you guy. People are dying outside. And we're debating about the color, of the, the color you want to change the walls. Uh, I remember one pastor told me, I wanted to change, the youth wanted to use the church for dance. And that means they have to remove all the chairs and put, put I mean, we have to do a, put some things on the floor. So they wanted to graffiti the cabro so they can have like little group signs. You know, the youth, the youth are creative. Eh? So they want to do like gang signs. <laughs> they, are, they are discipleship groups. And he came and, and, and the elders found them doing it and they chased them out. And, he, and they told the pastor, they summoned the pastor, said, you cannot do this to our church. Uh, they got someone, they even hired someone to clean it before the pastor even heard about it. And what a demoralizing thing. You're trying to raise a generation, but there's just a corporate culture that chokes, chokes growth. Family's culture will not do that. And I think this is why you owe it to yourself to be in a place where your faith is being nurtured in a family culture. Let me say this. Sonship quenches negativity. It quenches negativity. Um, you know what? We live in a negative world, a world of suspicion, a world where everybody looks Anything that is leadership must, you know, people are always thinking, I knew there's a problem. It's like everybody just expects it to go wrong. And that's the kind of toxic world we come into. But you know, the church was not meant to be that place. First um, Peter 4, 8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. You know, when it's family members, they wrong you and they mess up, but you, you, you don't allow walls to come in between you. You don't start at least in a healthy family, and if that isn't happening in your family, it's because it's unhealthy at this point, but by Jesus, by God's grace, you're the one who's going to bring healing to it, and it will become a healthy space. Somebody say amen. Yeah, our families are meant to be healthy spaces where somebody wrongs you, and you just know they're wronging you because they're a sinner. They're messed up. They have issues, but they're still my brother. I still love them. I will still serve them because we belong together. I don't have other brothers. This is what a family does. It's like we don't give up on one another. We pursue one another even when there's pain. That's what families do. And that's why family quenches negativity. Because even when we hurt each other, we're able to say, but you're my sister. I can't give up on you. Yes, you said the wrong thing, but you're my father. And I, I'm willing to just let that go and say, you know what? You're a sinner just like I am. I understand that you're not God. And I can forgive because even I will have children. And one day they will also look at me the same way that I'm looking at you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because many times people accuse each other as if they are perfect. As if they will never cause pain to somebody. I always tell people, treat your parents wisely because your children are learning from you. The same way you're treating your parents, your children will treat you because you're training them in your coldness to your parents who hurt you. And in a family, we say, look, I cannot afford for the sake of the next generation to cut off my parents. I can't. I love them. Regardless of the pain because I don't have other parents. God chose to give me these ones. That's the beauty of a family culture. We don't just shop and move. When somebody hurts us, it's like I'm committed to you. We grow together. Sonship quenches negativity. Sonship is more fun. I like this one. Sonship is more fun. Ministry is more enjoyable. Have I said that before? Ministry is a lot more fun. Have I said that before? 
I, I, you might catch me like about 10 times saying that today. Ministry is a lot more fun when you do it with family. You know, it's interesting because 3 John 1 to 4, 1 verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Like nowadays, by the way, I know what that verse means. I didn't use, I, for me it was a technical, just a theological thing to say. I have no greater joy. Let me tell you, when I hear the guys in Rwanda, when I hear the guys in Uganda are doing well, they're walking in truth, they're loving God, like it actually gives me joy. Pastor Mike, it gives me joy. Like honestly, like I sleep happy. Yeah, it's such a joyful thing. Family is so much fun. When you know that people are walking, when I see Pastor Nyamo from downtown, uh, just the other day she was an event manager. In fact, we were looking at her and thinking we should hire her to help run events in Mavuno Church. Now she and her husband are about to plant a church. Like what? Like what? Like in a year, like, like we started this shift a year ago, she wasn't a discipleship group leader then. Now she's not just a zonal pastor, but she's actually a church planter about to her. In one year. Like I've no greater joy in Yamu. Like when I see you, I just feel so happy. When I see Joe, I'm like, yes, my people. Like we're sharing, we're, we're spreading the gospel when we're young. Amazing. Yeah. And you know, like I, celebr- like I feel like the gospel is advancing because of people I know. You know, it's such a joyful thing. It's like purpose. It's like living for eternity. It's like we're living for something bigger. Let me tell you, your joy, your joy is about to get a whole lot bigger than it is right now. Yeah. You're, you're about to start enjoying. When, there's nothing more powerful. Let me tell you, you, there's nothing more powerful. I always tell people, the closest families are found in the army. People don't know this. They think the army is just a bunch of individuals because they watch Jack Bauer and all those guys. Uh, that's a lie. Those are lies. In the army, people form close-knit families. And the way they form families is they put you through the fire together. You go through what they call the boot camp. And after you come out through the boot camp, you've survived hell and come back. And guess what happens? You will die for one another. Like the closest families are in the army. When people in the army walk around and see you guys, okay, us guys, (laughs) they have a way they look at us like, you guys don't even know what life is about. Like, you have no clue. (laughs) You have no clue. They look at civilians like, you guys don't even know how life works. Like, us guys know things. Right now, they can look at you guys and think, we even know the threat that was on your life yesterday. We, we nullified it. We neutralized it. <laughs> That's why you're having a drink in the pub right now. But we know what was about to happen to you. Like they walk around with knowledge. Huh? They're just these super guys. And they love each other because of that. There's something powerful about their bonds. And you know, it's the same thing. I believe that God has called us as sons to that place where we actually, you know, we, we intercede. Like for me, when I walk into my neighborhood, when, where I live, like I know some threats have been nullified at 4.30 prayer. Actually, for me, it's 3 o'clock prayer. Because I pray for my neighborhood before I come for 4.30 prayer. So if you live and you're my neighbor, just understand, there's some things you didn't even know are about to happen to you <laughs> that have been stopped because I was there, because my wife was praying. And there's just something that draws us together. It's fun when we walk together with people like that. There's a, there's a, there's a language that God brings us together when we're sons in this way. And you know what? We're about to, we haven't even begun to feel that one. I believe that the love in this church is about to go to a whole new level as God just leads us deep into doing the things of the kingdom. Uh, there's just something powerful. Love is everything. First Corinthians 13, you get, I understand it better than I've ever, I've ever understood it my whole life. Nowadays I read it and I even have tears in it. Because I'm like, I get it. I get it. It's when we love each other that God begins to move among us. It's when we love each other that miracles start to happen in our church. It's when we, move to, we love together that we'll see things that no eye has seen. 
Yeah, no, he has heard. It's because of our love for one another. That's what sonship is bringing to us. That's what this being a family together is bringing to us. I, I'm, have I convinced somebody, by the way, why we're doing family? If, if not, I'll keep preaching, by the way, because I can give you like 30, <laughs> like 30 reasons why sonship is so critical for us. But let me just share a couple more. Just a couple more. Yeah. Sonship brings impartation and inheritance. Yeah. Sonship is, it's a means to impartation and it's a means to inheritance. Um, doing ministry without understanding these two things is such a dry thing. It's so dry. Coming to church without understanding inheritance and impartation is so sad. That you can be a Christian and all your life, what you have to show for your life in church is a book full of notebook, uh, notes from someone you took. Seriously? That is being robbed of abundant life. Jesus didn't come for you so that you can have a notebook full of sermon notes. That's not what it's about. There's something called impartation. Somebody say impartation. Impartation. Impartation is when Paul talks in Romans chapter 1 verse 11. He says, I long to see you so I can impart on you a spiritual gift. There's something spiritual that happens when you're in, 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 in a family. Something begins to happen when you receive God's word as a family member. There's an inheritance for you. I remember sharing this in the early days and saying, you know what, I didn't know this. But you know, I, I just would, and, and many of you have done this, just hop from place to place listening to preacher from pre- preacher to preacher. And not understanding, yes, I get knowledge, but I don't get inheritance. There's certain things I don't receive. Because I'm not a child. I'm not submitted to that ministry. And I kept challenging people and saying, listen, when you sit in a house and when you say, listen, there may be chapatis, did you ever have a situation where your mom was cooking githeri or something very common and the neighbors were having chapatis? I don't know. If you're not from Kenya, just bless the Lord because your neighbors didn't cook chapatis. It's the worst thing. It's the worst thing. In Uganda, is there something that smells like chapati? Like chapati is just maddening, eh? Because even if you close the doors and the windows, you will know what they are cooking. And it has a way. It just has a way of entering. When you're hungry, and you're, you look at that githeri and you're like, man... Man, why am I in this family and not that one? You know, you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh. But you know what? God uses the githeri in your mother's house to nourish you. That's why you're who you are today. Yeah. That, that same thing that you use, that's, that's the one that helped you become who you are today. And you know what? As, as long as it's in your family, your mom has an idea. This is what we're eating as a balance. If you keep hopping from neighbor to neighbor, eating chapatis every day, you're going to have an unbalanced diet. But that's what happens. As many times people are hoping, they get a high from this church, and they go there and they get another spiritual high, and what you're just doing is eating fast food. Fast food, spiritually. And you're not getting time to just dig down, get a spiritual inheritance, understand where this family is going, understand what God's word is for us as a people, understand the progression that God is leading us into, because God is taking us from glory to glory. And what he's going to be doing this year, is going to, this coming year, is going to be built on what he did this last year. Am I talking to somebody right now? There are certain things that were happening this year that are just foundational. So somebody, of course, came to Mavuno and they hopped in and they grabbed something and they went somewhere. In fact, I, did, I meet people all over the city who say, by the way, I follow you. I'm like, what do you mean you follow me? Oh, I'm your fan on social media. Oh, that's what you mean. I don't think that's what Jesus was saying when he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers on It's a very different kind of following. And they come and they snack on what we're eating at Mavuno. And then they've gone and snacked somewhere else. And I'm thinking, there's no inheritance in your life. Wow. There's no inheritance. 
Yeah, there's a guy who came and told me, yeah, he was very proud. He told me, by the way, I've listened to all your sermons. And I've listened, to, no, first he told me, I've listened to all of Bishop, Bishop TDJ's sermons. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. And then, he, then after he was working for me, he's a guy who works for me. He, he had given him some work. Then he came and told me, by the way, since I discovered your sermons, I've listened to all of them. Wow. I remember asking, so which church do you go to, by the way? <laughs> and he told me his churches. And I asked him, have you listened to all your pastor's sermons? Because he hadn't. And it's like, so why are you listening to my sermons? I'm not your father. Wow. I'm, the sermons you're hearing are just fast food for you. You're missing the inheritance in your house because you're looking for all the nice things in other churches. I said, go listen to your pastor's sermons. There's something that God has put for you in that house for. There's an inheritance in that church. Yeah. That's what sonship does. It gains you inheritance. And we've talked about the inheritance in this house. Um, by the way, this inheritance is not for other churches, but every church has inheritance. Yeah, and I've said if you're part of this house, wealth without sorrow. That's your blessing. That's your blessing. Yeah, it is yours. By the way, inheritance is given, but it has to be received. Because huh? you, have you ever seen families where the parents are wealthy, but the children have chosen to be poor? Either they went and became alcoholics, or they messed up, and now they're living a despondent life, and you're saying, how could the son of so-and-so be living in a place like this? There are choices that children can make that can cause them to miss out on the inheritance. But it was theirs. It was theirs. And it was not for everybody. So when I say that wealth without sorrow, it's a blessing that's available in this house. It's yours. Yeah, it's yours. I, have, I fully believe that with all my heart. You cannot follow me and not have wealth without sorrow. Because it's a blessing of this house. That's not prosperity gospel, by the way. I'm not teaching prosperity gospel because I don't just teach you to sit in the house and wait for money to come. I, teach you even, I even teach you how to make that wealth. I, I teach you, I tell you, get out of debt because this is the way of the world. It's not God's way. The way of the world will cause you to have wealth, yes, but wealth with sorrow. And I say, if you want wealth without sorrow, do what I'm doing. Let me teach you what God is telling me. So, so there's inheritance and it will come, by the way. In the next few years, there will be billionaires in this church. There will be. Many of you, by the way, the younger people who joined this church in your youth and you started to follow and you're following hard, I'm so happy. Kwanza, you guys who are broke, I'm so happy. I'm so happy for you that you're here before you made money. Because that money would have destroyed you. But because you're here following the word of God in this house, you will understand how to make wealth without sorrow. Yeah. And some of you young people, listen to me, some of you young people, by the time you're 40, you'll be able to retire. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have money working for you. <laughs> and it's not because somebody will lay hands on you, it's because you're following. And it's because it's your inheritance. Yeah. And even you older people, don't worry, you're also going to have wealth. <laughs> you're young at heart, Pastor George. <laughs> That's inheritance. That's impartation. And I believe every church, I mean, I remember one person coming and saying, they're from another church, but they are good friends of Pastor Kara and I, and they said, in our church, we don't have a blessing of happy marriages. And they just said, it's a, and it's a great church, by the way. If I mentioned it, everybody would know it. It's a fantastic church. It's a church we all admire. Um, but they, they just came and confessed and said, there's just something lacking. And they usually hung around us, and they said, we come here to catch that. <laughs> But it's interesting because I believe that this is a blessing that God has given Carol and I. 
And this person who's not even from this church saw it and said, there's something that your people have. I hope they see it. I hope they see it. Guys, the blessing in this church is a blessing of healthy and godly marriages. Yeah, it is a blessing. It is a blessing. And, and some of you, you don't have those marriages yet, and that's okay because you came from somewhere else. When you came here, the diet you're eating is not the diet of this house. And there are things that are, that are not there. And then there are people who've been in Mavuno and say, but my marriage is, but you are not following. You see, you're in the house, but you are not following. You're not a son. You never received it. But for those of you who are in this house and you're receiving it, I'm so happy for those of you who are single. Yeah, I am. Because as you receive it, those of you who are getting married, I don't know, I, 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 I had Kina Purity even came for, for, for family night, for worship night yesterday. Like what radical Mavunites are those? Purity and, and Henry. Henry is Pastor Mike's brother, uh, Mavuno Kampala. Purity is Pastor Angie's daughter, uh, Mavuno South. They met in a gathering, by the way. <laughs> this year, February, this year, in the February gathering, they met. Which is why I always tell Mavunites, watch and pray. Don't just pray. Yeah. All those people who say, why am I, why am I putting on my video? <laughs> and then the same one saying pastor pray for me i get a husband watch and pray anyway that's not the point i was making but the point i'm making is look at these people they have they have found themselves they have found each other here in this house serving god their marriage is blessed it is blessed and for those of you who are at that stage may god just prosper you as you follow pattern yourself pattern yourself along your leader's life if you're in Hill City, let me just tell you, pattern your marriage. Pattern your marriage. These guys, <laughs> if your children become like their children, you are blessed. You're blessed. Because there's a way that they're following Jesus right now. And their children, their marriage is aligned. And I'm not saying they're perfect. By the way, I know they have issues. Maybe if you're smart enough, you even have noticed they have issues. But let me tell you, they are aligned. They are aligned and they are following. And they have the inheritance of this house. And you know what? That's the blessing of patterning along them. And if you're in, the, in this church, you cannot have a bad marriage. Not if, you're, not if you're following. And listen, if you come in and you have a marriage that's not working, don't worry. Now start to pray. And say, Lord, this is a blessing in this house. I'm calling it into my marriage. I'm calling it into my husband. I'm calling it into my wife. Lord, realign us. Realign us. Yeah, this is what's going to happen. It's what's going to happen. Oh, some of my spiritual children, Pastor Albu and Sheila. I mean, you guys are you're such a model, you know? I love these guys. I mean, when, they, when, when Albu started following, he was not even a believer. Yeah? Today, he and his wife are pastors, and their daughter is a pastor. Yeah. yeah. And they are, they are going to impact many, many people through their marriage. Even Ryan is going to become a pastor, by the way. He has no choice. He has no choice. Bless God for you, Pastor Albu. Yeah. As you align. By the way, align. You may not be there, but just begin to align and say, I'm following. I'm following. This is what I desire for myself. What I'm seeing here in my leaders, I'm going to pattern my life along. That's what family, ministry in the family is about. Uh, you know what? Uh, this thing about being a family, I, I really want us to just maybe take a few minutes and just process it. 
What do you struggle with most about sonship and family? And what do you hear God saying? So what I'm going to do right now is just, just allow us to have a bit of a conversation. Uh, the first thing that God told me to talk about today is the blessing of sonship. And I really believe it's because he wants to align our hearts. Some of you are already practicing sonship. Maybe you just haven't thought about it. Some of you have been a bit on the edge. You're playing because you can see God is moving, but you've not really given yourself to being a son and daughter in this house. And I believe that God wants you to cross that barrier where you're like, you know what, I'm all in. Uh, I'm not going to be on the edge anymore. I'm going to serve. I'm going to become part of the family of God in this church. I'm going to join my discipleship group. I'm going to lead my discipleship group to be sons and daughters. Uh, that God wants us to be all in. So I'm going to ask us to just take a few minutes uh, as we conclude this first session. And I want us to actually just talk about what is, what is the thing I struggle with most about sonship, if there's something like that. And what do I sense God is saying to me that he wants me to do differently going forward? Is that okay? Uh, so if we could just take a few minutes, and then I'm going to pray for us uh, so that we can take a little break. So can we just stand to maybe, maybe two or three people? Uh, don't, don't form very big groups for this one. Just two or three people. If you're sitting next to your spouse, you can still have a conversation with them, but yeah. So what's that thing you're struggling with about sonship or you've struggled with? And what do you sense God is saying?
make sure everybody gets a chance to share around the, 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 the group. If you're watching online, we're going to do a tea break in a bit, so hopefully you can also have this same conversation. I think there's some microphones. Would love to hear some feedback. Media team, do you have any guys with mics? Some roving mics? Where are they? Who are the guys? Okay. I need more than one, huh? Okay, excellent. Ah, fantastic. Thank you. Okay, we can summarize. We'd like to just hear from different ones. Okay. So we're going to take a moment and uh, we'll continue the conversations after tea or during tea because we're about to take our tea break. But I just wanted to hear from a few of us just what's been your biggest struggle maybe or something you struggled with and maybe what you're hearing God saying in this talk. So do me a favor right now and just tell your neighbor, shh. Thank you. So let's just get to hear a bit, and then over tea we can continue the conversation if we're not done. But I think we have got somebody on this end. Um, good morning, Mavudo Church. Morning. Bob Collins uh, from the coolest, illest um, network, Lifeway Network. Yeah, we are. It's, it's been a process of, um, first I want to shout my spiritual father, Pastor Godi. And in absentia, my disciple, my mentor, Fred Muteti. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time Fred called me for DG. Like, ask, we, live, we live in the same space. He was like, so, yeah, can you come join my DG? I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So, getting to that space, um, opening up was a problem. I, that those who know me closely, I'm very closed off sometimes, but I've got into a space where now, with the love and what I've seen, a space where I can share, a space where that was a struggle before. It was really a struggle to sit with strangers and say, okay, my name is Bobby and I'm struggling with ABCD, even at home. I'm, not, I'm that kid who not even talk to my parents when I'm going through pain and heart. Wow. 
But now in the DG space and with my leader, he started just kidogo. So how are you? How are you doing? How's work? How's everything? I'm like, uh, but yeah. And then by talking, we found out we're in the same field of trade finance. He's like, so by the way, I have this idea. Would you like to join me in doing this work? I'm like, okay. From then on, it moved from discipleship, grew to mentorship, to a friendship. And now, um, as many can attest, we, we work together right now, literally. And even he made me a CEO in his company. Wow. <laughs> from then on, he encouraged me to move from, he's like, yeah. But then you know you can talk to people and you can preach and you can be a very good this and this. From then on, moving now to now what I sense God is doing and is saying today, and it's something that we are practicing, is moving on to, and it's something that I also caught when we were in February here, made a commitment, I was like, yes, MK. Now teaching in MK. Apart from that, pastoring a children's home. And it's just what God is doing is that from, a pros from that point of sonship, there's that impartation you get. Yeah. There's that trickle-down effect, and it's not just a trickle-down effect, it's a vertical growth, as you've said, that I've gotten to a space where I can now stand in front of kids and other people of my age and peers and like, so my name is Bobby and I love the Lord. Come on. Come and on, Bobby. this is the word that I've come with you today. Silver and gold are by none. But yes, let's come sit, let's tell stories about what God has done for us. Like, getting to a space of when I teach my kids, I retell Bible stories using everyday um, examples. Like I can be there and say, can you imagine if Elon Musk got, lost everything today? That was job. And just relatable things. And what God is telling us today is moving in a space of sonship, there's growth. You also start becoming a parent before you know it. And some of these things happened I didn't know. But I found myself in spaces of, Pastor Godwin calls me, he's like, Niaje, can you do ABCD? Even before he finishes, I'm like, I'm in. But before there'll be such a reluctance. If maybe say someone says, oh, there's prayer to be led, but the person who's supposed to lead ABCD, Nico. But before, excuses. But now I've moved to that place where walking in that space of sonship and obedience and following hard. Wow. Amazing. Thank you, Bob. From a reluctant follower to a person who's following hard and seeing blessings and impartation. I love that. Now you're a COO. Aish. Come on, somebody. That's, a one, that's happened in the last year. Oh, that's really powerful. We've got, a, we've got mics all over, so just raise your hand. I think there's a, there's a section. Everybody, every section has some people. So there's somebody at the front over here. Um, this... Make sure they see your hand. There's somebody in the middle over there as well, the person for the middle section. Uh, just raise your hand so they can see they're just behind you. Yeah. All right. Let's start with this front. And then um, there's somebody there. Okay. Here to represent those who did not struggle. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, it was not a struggle the time you introduced it because 
Before that, Pastor Kilonzi had started it to teach us when he was in life where he had taught us as the staff team to be, to follow culture. Do you remember there was a time we'd come for um, staff retreat and then we'd serve people as a life network. I don't know whether you remember that. And he had taught us how to follow culture. But over the years, as I've been hearing it and hearing it, what God is saying and what God has repeated today is not being familiar. There is a place you can get to and with your family and you start being familiar. Just because your pastor said, you're already used to it and you start getting familiar and you're like, uh, the example you gave of that person who was not even listening to their own pastor's sermons is because you get to a place of familiarity and you start thinking, ah, I already know what he's going to say. I already know what he's going to say. And you dismiss and the blessing passes you. So what God is saying for me is sometimes we despise what we are being told just because it's someone I know. Pastor God is our personal friend. So if he says something, sometimes you can dismiss it. Yeah. But just because there is a blessing and God has taught us that sense of hearing, it's time not to get familiar and continue following what God is saying. It's a good yeah. word. It's a good word. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, there's somebody on this in the middle here. Yeah, go ahead. Hi. Hi. I'm Mili Mavuno Mashariki. Hi, Mili. Hey. <laughs> From the campus in Runda, Don Home Campus. So, my spiritual father is Pastor Milton, who I adore so much with Pastor Vivian, and then Pastor Drew, I don't know where he is today, as well, Pastor Drew and Regina. So, for me, I would say one of the greatest struggles was just saying yes. Like, you know, Pastor Milton would tell me, Amelia, I need you to do this. I would tell him, no, I'm not doing it. And I would tell him to his face, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this, I'm just not doing this. So one day he, during the someone there was a someone we were doing this year for love and country. And then he asked me, Mili, are you preaching? I told him, me, nitikute. And I just said, no. <laughs> Pastor Drew asked, Mili, are you leading a discipleship group? I said, me, no, that's, that's not my thing. So I think during the gathering we had before this, not the one for February, there was a meeting we had here. May. In May. I just decided, you know what? I'm tired of saying no to Pastor Milton and Pastor Drew. I'm putting this aside and I'm just going to be saying yes. So I made a commitment to, to lead a DG. I did not. I still said no. I still relaxed a bit. So when you came to Mashariki during the fruitfulness DG, I just said, I put up a post on my social media and I said, guys, um, um, we had this meeting in our church. I'm thinking of doing ABCD. So if any of you guys feel maybe we should work together, whether you're saved or not, you guys just inbox me. Most of you have my number, and guys showed up. So now I'm leading a group of around eight ladies. It's hard. <laughs> it's, it's really not so easy. And then at the beginning of the year, Pastor Drew had asked us to, as the leaders of Don Home, to just mention some things we trusted God for. And one of my greatest desire was to serve with my spouse. And I can comfortably say that that is where we are now. So even when, when you are talking about the blessings of marriage, sometimes when I pray over Dennis, I tell God like, uh -huh. Pastor M said A, B, C, D. That is what I'm running with. 
when I look at Pastor Milton and Pastor Vivian, sometimes when maybe we are going through something, I'm like, you know what? Pastor Milton at one point said they, they went through this, but look at them, they are still there. So even these days when something is wrong, I'm like, ah, baby, you too. It's, wow. it's going to sort itself. So for us, I feel what God is really saying to me right now is to not doubt myself. You see, like it's not going to be smooth all the time. That's the one thing I'm painfully accepting, that it's not going to be smooth all the time. However, it is doable. Yeah. And um, one of the greatest prayer we have as we call ourselves the Omundis is that where we are right now at Donholm and at Mashariki, that when God finally says, okay, you guys are now done here, you need to go somewhere else, would actually leave a footprint over there. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Check, check. Thank you, Millie. And Millie and Dennis, when it's time for you to go, you will go and plant another church. Not Families have no seasons. It's, the next season is to start your own family. Let's appreciate Millie and Dennis. Thank you. Yeah. We had somebody over here. Yeah. Oh, Pastor Sam from Kampala. Come on. Woo. Yes. Um, for me, my, yes, um, from Kampala, as Pastor Emma said, and my pastor, my bishop is uh, Pastor Mike Onen. Pastor Mike, Bishop, Obonen. come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, for me, the biggest struggle um, I've had, I, I believe I'm representing quite uh, a number of international um, people here, or Mavuno. And for me, it was the culture shock. Uh, the fact that uh, where I come from, uh, we, we are like coastal people from in, in Kenya. We're like the cost of people. We take time to process. <laughs> and <laughs> it's not, wait, uh, Sasa, okay. Yeah, then we, we are people who say, hello, um, what is it now? How has been your day? Okay, then yeah. later you say, by the way, did you do that thing for me? Yes. So for me, it was a culture shock, and I struggled so much to, to, be a, to, to, on the, to, to adopt to sonship and also to, to, to get indulged into the family. And one thing I sense that God is saying is, um, I think there's something that Pastor M, you've spoken over this year, over, over and over, it's a culture shift. It's just God saying, adopt to the culture. And for me, even just adopting to that is just the, the love. Uh, one thing I've seen um, is Pastor Say, one of my pastor, Pastor Say says, the best time to be in Mavuno is now. Yeah. Uh, because for some of us who have experienced the Mavuno we came in before and the Mavuno we are in today, it, I think it just seals it that the best time to be in Mavuno is now. So for me, it's just good. God, I sense God saying, uh, let's adopt to the culture shift that we're having right now. Not right now, the thing like even just sharing from what you happened in Kigali is the love. Yeah. Because love covers the multitude of sin and all other things. So for me, it's the adopting to what God is doing right now. And Amen. I sense there's a wave that God is bringing our way, and that is love. And just let's just adopt. That's what I really sense. Thank Amen. you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Sam. And Pastor Sam, I hope you're, I hope you're feeling us becoming more like you. Nowadays, I call and I'm yeah, like, uh -huh. and how are you? I, when was the last time I told you two things? <laughs> Nowadays, I actually ask how you're doing. You know, it's amazing. It's, it's fun where you realize the work is the person. 
Somebody says the relationships is a ministry. It's not, it's not the thing that we do. It's being together. And then God does something out of that. So I, I hope you're enjoying. I hope this Mavuno you're finding is a little more closer to where you came from and what you hoped. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody else. Yeah. Is someone at the back? Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Tell us your name and your compass. Jay, yo, my name. <laughs> my name is Joe. I come from Mabuno Karen. Come on. <laughs> I could see some Jay. yellows on that side and I was wondering, okay, that's Karen. I love it. <laughs> and he has a spirit of joy. Jay. Jay. <laughs> What do you say? What do you sense God is saying to you? Uh, to say the truth, I sense that God is blessing me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's that's Jesus. All right. Thank you, Joe. What you're experiencing is called the joy of the Lord. Yeah. Come on, let's appreciate the Lord is in the house. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, I sense God is doing a work in your life right now. Yeah, and I just affirm what God is doing in your life. Yeah. He really is building you up and he's blessing you big time. Big time. Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> There's someone on this side. Hi, uh, my Hi. name is Catherine. I'm from the Downtown Network. Come on, Catherine. So I'll represent three um, struggles that we discussed. Yeah. One of them was um, being in family and there's a lot of offense. Mm. The second was um, being in family and having to listen to Pastor M. Like, why do you have to listen to everything that Pastor M Every is saying? Every Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> And the third struggle was not so much about sonship, but about uh, leaving the home, like you described. You want to be the son who stays until you've aged. You don't want to move on to responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. So what, what uh, God is speaking in our group, what we learned God is speaking to us is uh, one that in a family, nobody is perfect. Mm. So you'll be in a family and um, there'll be all those offenses. Yeah. But even our earthly brothers still offend us. So even in yeah. church, that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the next, um, what else uh, God is telling us, we had it from when you were speaking earlier this morning and you said, we are not really following you, we are following Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. The, the instructions you're getting from Jesus is what you're, giving to the people so we shouldn't look at it as we are we are following pastor m but look at it more as though we are following jesus yeah. so the third thing that god is saying is obedience and we spoke about naaman when he was instructed to go deep himself yeah. seven times in the pool and he's like oh what, what kind of instruction is that yeah. he, he was sick he was a leper and he's given this instruction to get healed and he doesn't I mean, at first he's offended by the instruction. So even for us, when we are told, switch on your mic. 
It looks like <laughs> yeah. It looks like a small uh, you know, small instruction, but God is speaking to us to just obey. Yeah. It may look small, yeah. but there's a blessing that comes in obedience. Amen. Yeah. Wow, that's a good word. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe we can have a couple more. Just a couple. Okay, there's somebody over here who's got a mic and then is there somebody else? And then and then here. All right, let's go. Hi, hi, hi. everyone. My name is Joan Kuria. Hey, Joan. Hey. Good to see you. From the Downtown uh, Network. Come on. <laughs> can I? Can I? Oh, and I'm a DG leader of the Disruptive. <laughs> Disruptive. Come on. <laughs> can I just be really honest? Yeah. So something that I struggled with and and my teammate as well is it sounded cultish mm. it sounded um like blind obedience yeah don't question it just do it yeah and that was hard it felt that you know mavuno has worked so why are we changing something that has worked yeah. right so stick yeah. to what what we know yeah um and then waking up at 4 30 4 30 a.m that's that's when sleep is the sweetest guys <laughs> I don't know about you, but I love to sleep. And I was like, why can I not pray at 5 p.m.? I'm a morning person, so 5 p.m. I'm, I'm chilled, I can pray. But here we are being told to wake up at 4.30. And then Pastor Kilonzi says, sends me a message, why is your camera off? <laughs> <laughs> so it's difficult, it's really difficult. But what we sense God is saying to us today, um, and I reflected on this with my group and I said, it is about sonship, but it's also about parenthood, right? Because yeah. it's, it's a reciprocity in some sense. Yeah. And Pastor Kilonzi is such an amazing leader. Yeah. He's, I mean, being a son to him is not rocket science. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something about being obedient to him that it, it's almost like he makes it easy, wow. right? So. So we are happy sons, and we are happy daughters. Amen. And we are, we, are, we are here to be obedient and to follow. Wow. Thank you. Amen. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Joanne. And thanks for keeping it real. It, it really is important that we say it, you know, um, because we've seen cults do this. And I think the challenge for us is always that, that you know, Satan is such a good imitator. So what he does is he imitates God's genius, and then what do we do as God's people? We throw it all out because we've seen it abused, which is why I keep saying that the answer to bad examples is not no examples, it's setting the good example. And being the spiritual parents and sons and daughters that God wants us to be. So thank you for sharing that. Let's give it up for Joanne. Yeah. Amen. And then let's hear one more. Oh, come on. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Morning. My name is Muindi Kimanzi. I come from the great Mavuno Yakiwe. Come on. I serve under Pastor Kelvin Mugambi. Yeah. And uh, I think for me, one of the things that I really struggled with was the newness of all this. Uh, first, there's life, everything that's happening in life. And then on top of life, this. So you're like, okay, uh, what's, what's all this all about? Um, then secondly also was the fact that it felt like you needed to follow with a deadline, 
like by a certain time. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, what about taking time to uh, learn it and follow through? Um, but in, through it all, I have asked God to put my, my heart in the right place. Mm -hmm. That uh, whether I understand it or not, I'm actually following through. And I was telling my group that I've, I've come from a point where I was, I was hesitant, I was questioning, still following, but yeah. I realized it's hindering my following. And where I am at, I'm at right now, it's that place of, God, I trust you. Yeah. What you say, let's go. And I'm reminded of that uh, verse where Jesus found uh, Peter and told these guys after spending a whole night trying to fish and catching nothing, telling them, throw the nets again. Yeah. And I'm sure there's somebody, there's somebody in the boat who was like, um, you know, like we, we, uh, yeah. But he said, uh, and I like the fact that he admitted that he had some doubt. He was like, we've spent the whole night, but because you have said, yeah. we will do it. And that's where my heart is at right now. I'm, God, I'm trusting the process because I trust you. Yes. Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That is so, so good. So just, I, I need us to go for tea, and I know I'd love to just hear. We'll, we'll get more time to share uh, today because today is a celebration. So, so here's the thing, guys. I want us to keep the conversation front and center because this shift will be happening for a while. And... We need to not ever be afraid to ask questions and not to feel threatened or to feel like, oh, if I ask questions, will I look bad? So I think it's important for us to keep it real and to keep asking the questions. Because I think you can ask questions in a respectful way. Even in your own family, when your dad says, let's do this, you can ask questions in a way that doesn't dishonor, but you should still ask. Uh, because God gave you a brain so you can think. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think he's here for us to shut it off. We don't, we don't shut off our brains to follow Jesus. Uh, God wants us to honor him with, we love God with all our hearts, our souls, our minds, and our strength as well. So he wants us to honor him with our minds. So we must keep thinking. I process a lot. I go back to God's word every time uh, as I'm listening to this. And what's been incredible for me is even as I'm going through it, to start to realize something. I started to realize that right now across the world, this is the conversation that churches are having. It's such a strange thing because we didn't look around and say, what our church is doing and then let's do it. It was just a sense of God. What we're doing isn't working. We need something else. We can't get to where we're going, where you want us to go with what we're doing. Show us. And God took us into this very, for me, it was a very difficult process to get to where I am right now. But it's interesting now, just as I look around hearing pastors in America, pastors in Europe, pastors in other parts of Africa who are like, we're on the same journey you're on. Because we're beginning to realize as we go back to Scripture that the model, the predominant model we've had of church is not actually what God wants for us to become who God wants us to be. Mega churches are great. They can have huge impact. But by themselves, they cannot change the world. Wow. Movements change the world. And Jesus didn't leave us to make a big church. He left us to change nations. One church can't change the nations. It doesn't matter whether we're 100,000 people. We need to become a movement. And for a movement to happen, we have to become sons and daughters. Why? Because when you go, when Pastis goes to another place in Jesus' name and starts her family, the same impartation that was in Pastor Angie needs to be on her because then she's going to raise other sons and daughters who will go to other nations. 
And every one of us, God has told us to ask of nations. Every one of us in this room, in fact, let me just speak it right now. As you're a follower of Christ and in this family, you will have sons and daughters in other nations. Because God has said, ask me and I'll give you nations. Right now, if I want to go to the States, I've got, I've got sons and daughters who will put me up in their houses for free. If I want to go to Europe, I've got sons and daughters there. If I want to go to New Zealand, I've got sons and daughters there. I might talk to somebody in the house. In other words, I have people in nations. And the Lord is giving me nations because of the people that are in those nations. It's not for me. It's for all of us. These blessings were not meant for your pastor. They were meant for all of us as God's people. When he says, ask of me and I'll give you nations, he didn't say, pastors, ask of me. He said to his children, ask of me. So this is our destiny, that God wants us to walk this journey. So let's keep talking about it. Let's keep working through it. But let's keep, I love what Wendy says. It's like, you know what? I've gotten to the place where I'm like, you know what? I might still have questions, but I'm going to be asking them as I go. That's the army way. It's like I'm going while I'm thinking, as, as we're processing, as we're talking, but we're doing. And I believe that as we do that, we're going to see results beyond anything we've ever imagined. I want us to take a break. Father, I just want to pray for us right now as we take our tea break. I'm going to call Pastor Mike Onen to just come and, and help us take that break. But I'm praying, Lord, that you would just help us. Help us to align to what you're doing in this season. I look at Jesus and how he was surrounded by crowds. And yet, even in those crowds, it was not the crowd that he was really keen on. It was the sons and daughters within that crowd. Because he knew it's not crowds that change the world. And so right now, Lord, in this family, I pray that, Lord, you would raise sons and daughters, but you'd also raise fathers and mothers, and that, Father God, together, we would be part of the advance of Jesus' kingdom in our generation. I pray none of us would be left. Lord, my heart is jealous that none of the people of this church would be left out of this journey. None of us would live an ordinary Christian life, sitting in a pew, coming to church and taking someone notes and going back home. That every single one of us, Lord, will have significant kingdom impact. In fact, the kingdom impact that we were designed for. And so even as we have tea right now, I pray that, Lord, you just fill our hearts with anticipation and expectation. Your presence is already here. <laughs> you're already doing it, Lord. That's amazing. And Lord, I can't wait to see what you're going to do as we just tarry and wait together today. We love you, Jesus. Bless the tea to our bodies. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, uh, you guys. So just before, we, just before Pastor Mike, uh, we're going to talk about, um, I'm going to give some tips in the next session that are going to be about how do you avoid burning out wow. as wow. we're doing this thing. Because ministry can be hard. Yeah. And some of you have started entering into ministry for the first time and you're beginning to sense that ministry can burn you out. So I'm going to give you some very important things that are going to help us become the family God wants us to be. And then we're going to have a time when we just glorify God with stories. By the way, that session... Somebody said that revivals are built, are fueled by prayer and testimonies. We already have had prayer. Today's testimony, somebody today, you're going to get an impartation just by hearing the testimonies in this house. Amen. So that's going to be a very important session. And then the last session, I'm going to be talking about, this is what 2023 is about. I'm very excited about that. Because uh, God has a word for us. And my goodness, uh, what? Yeah, let me stop there. Please. <laughs> Come on, give it up for Pastor M, our daddy, our father. Come on. I appreciate him as he takes his seat.